Speaking of sound, I hope, I am so hoping that I sound better than ever before because I, I've done another upgrade. <laughs> Wait, is this not the sound panels though? This is like this beyond is the that even? Panels. Oh, okay. no, 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 it is the sound panels. So I think this is a first for the podcast. I think I might have talked about it on Discord, but this is the first uh, real proper recording I've done with the sound panels in place. Mm, okay. And so I'm hoping that I just sound warm and rich, zero reverberation. Fingers crossed. To me, you sound great. <laughs> well, it was, it was a lot of fun. But do you know, have you guys ever installed these wall panels? They're, they're 600 mil square. Uh, sorry, 600 millimeters, 60 centimeters, uh, 12, 24 inches. Yep. A lot of pressure to get them in the right spot. And, you know, so because I've got two different colors, alternating colors, sort of an orange and a gray, and I've done checkerboard style on two opposite walls. But the pressure to get them all lined up was intense. Oh, yeah. When they're that big, every single millimeter they're off, it just makes your skin crawl. Yeah. That's... Was there family consultation? Yeah, I, I started off doing it myself. And then I, I, I sort of said, Hannah, I need some help, please. And so we're in here with our measuring tapes and uh, spirit levels. There you go. You know, getting, making sure it was all right. But then you, once you commit, you commit because it's got sticky back. It's like 3M Ooh. sticky back. So you're sticking it on the, the wall. So once you start sticking, you can't take it off and re, reposition. Was it more nerve wracking or less nerve wracking than applying like an iPad screen protector? It's a good comparison. Uh, le- less nerve wracking than an iPad screen protector. Really? Yeah. Your own I, those things wall. freak me out because if you get a bubble. Oh yeah. <laughs> There's ruined. no risk of bubbles in the wall. No, no. I was the guy people came to when I used to work at the uh, Apple reseller in Wollongong years ago. Someone would say, oh, I want a screen protector for my iPad, or my iPhone or something. And the staff member would look at them and then just turn to me and say, Martin, okay. And then they would come and they would stand over you like an audience member. And I recall a number of times saying, I respect that you want to watch this, but it's much better if you stand aside. No, oh, no worries. Then they'd toddle off. Do you have rules of engagement with your phones? Like a certain method where it lives in a certain pocket at a certain position, that kind of thing? You know, when you see those old iPhone ads where it's like it comes up and it's got the jingle and they're demonstrating how to use it. I feel like that's how I look like when I'm using it because I I don't just pull it out of my pocket. It's this considered I am now putting my hand in pocket, grasping phone, pulling out. So I've never broken one. I think I've had one scratch on, like you said, Jason, the 11 Pro, and I'm just a bit obsessive about it. It doesn't ruin my day. I don't overthink it, but it's like I've taken on habitually Apple advertisement grabbing of said handset. Mine mine is uh, right pocket, which I think probably just whatever, if you're right-handed or left-handed, I would imagine dictates what pocket it goes in. Um, although I'm curious if you're right-handed or left-handed, do you, is that go for phone too? Or cause are you both right-handed? Yep. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Goes so, in the right pocket. Yeah. So right pocket. Mine goes in my mine goes in my left pocket. Interesting. Do you use it with your left hand, or do you do like a pick out and then hand swap? 
No, it's a it's it's a left handed sort of thing. Wow. Well, that I just said you were reaching across your own torso to like to remove a gun from a holster or something. No, no. So it's yeah. So it's left pocket. It's in the left pocket. Okay. And pull it out the left hand. Yeah. And you're just kind of just left hand. Just using my left hand. Yeah. Wow. Where are your keys? Right pocket. Good. Okay. So they're not jingling together. Oh no no no. Are you a one one thumb typer or a two thumb typer? Two, two thumb. So then I'll I'll put it. I'll sort of have it in the middle if I'm doing that. Huh. Um, so you pull your phone out with your left hand, you open up your browser, you go to hemisphericviews.com and see what's new. And like, you're just scrolling with your left thumb. And then yep. do, if yep. you're going to get like really into that webpage, you're like, wow, I really want to look at all this stuff. Do you ever do like find yourself doing a hand swap? Cause like the right dominant hand is just more precise at scrolling. No, I don't think so. I think my right, my left hand is better. I also throw a fris- I throw a frisbee left-handed as well. Maybe that's got something to do with it. So you're left-handed. You just haven't really come to terms with that. But I, I write and play basketball with my right hand. So <laughs> they're the two dominant other features of my life. Man, do you tweet they- about basketball with one hand? Because I saw a few tweets before. No, this that's episode. that. That's two. That's two fingered. I'm, I'm, I'm smashing those out in timeouts. I'm working fast wow. on those. Or a little break to play. You got to type fast with those guys. Sometimes even dictate. Man, what are they doing over there in Western Australia? Got it. Got you guys doing both hands. That's that's great. I'm gonna. I'm having a crisis of confidence now because I'm wondering if I'm leading you all astray. I'm gonna start self-analyzing. You should. I would. But it's definitely de- left pocket. Okay, so left pocket. It's it's screen in. I think that seems to make the most yep. sense to me because if you pull out your phone. You're looking at the back, although you wouldn't really know it because both sides feel the same now. <laughs> so it wouldn't be the first time I pulled my phone out of my pocket and somehow I put it in backwards and I'm looking at the back very confused. Um, and then you're like, damn it. And you're freaking yeah. out that you may have done something to your screen the entire time. It's been the wrong way in. Exactly. And then I guess just top down. So when you pull it out, it's the correct way. I guess there's not really a whole lot of ways to do that. But isn't it interesting with the phones? So everyone, well, everyone, most people prefer the way that it's gone back to the flat sandwich kind of design. But everyone hates universally the Apple TV Siri remote, which is designed with the same idea in mind. Have either of you pulled your phone out the wrong way or off a table the wrong way? Yes. Yes. I have. Yeah. It's happened to me. And I suppose so. I don't know. I don't anyway. really care. <laughs> well, it's not the end of the world. It's just I've yeah, it's listened like, to a bunch of podcasts over the years and people bring up the Siri remote. No, Siri but if you get the Siri bit. remote the wrong way around, it's bloody annoying. Yeah. And you start, you start swooshing around on the bottom of it like a, like a fool. I find them, t- every once in a while, I'll pick up the Siri remote the wrong way. But for the most part, I find the two distinctive edges to be enough to cue me which way it's supposed to go. Like the, the matte kind of... Uh, the matte side, which is the trackpad side, and then the shiny, uh, shiny glass side. But I'm but, too scared to touch any of it, so I, I never get to feel that because I don't know I could, if I touch the wrong side, I'm going to stop my video or. You exit sit down out. the TV with white gloves on. Yes, I know. And if you exit out that Prime Video app, do you know how long it takes for that thing to load again? It's bad news. The Prime Video app is the one that always just sits there and is like, "Hey, I'm I'm still here." I'm like. Okay. 
<laughs> Glad to see you're <laughs> still there. Even with your super fast internet, you have to wait 30 seconds for it to validate or whatever it does. Yeah, right. They're not, they're not the best uh, written apps, for sure. I better start building up my, my tolerance for this, this trip to Australia, because this is just going to be wild. I guess my vocabulary I should be working on more than anything, it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> well, we talked, you, you picked up on the hard yakka the other day, didn't you? On micro.blog. Yeah, that was a heck of a sentence, I got to say. That was, Did that make sense um, to you? I mean, I wish I had it in front of me so I could analyze it again. I think it mostly made sense because uh, there was a uh, um, there was a person you were referring to as the the person who was working on something. That would be the tradie. The tradie, which sounds like a trades person, so I picked up on that. Got it, tradie. Well done. See, um, our training is paying off. He's he's learning, isn't he, Martin? And I forget what else there was in there. There was another word. Okay, so there was. Uh, I've got it here. I can tell you, it's give the tradie who's been doing hard yakka in your yard all day. Uh, I should have said a bit. I should have said a bevy, but I said a beer <laughs> at the end of it. <laughs> I it's funny. I actually say bevy, but I don't know why. I, not for any reason that's related to anything with you guys. But that's interesting. Yeah, a ya- a, a yaka, yaka. Yep. Just sounds like shitty work. Like thing, something you don't want to do. Well done. Like, di- like well digging done. a hole. <laughs> that's when you smash down a VB. Those ads are full of hard yaka, but not the boots hard yaka. Just the general colloquial term hard yaka. I'm really impressed, Jason. You have come so far, like in just a short period of time. Keep this up, and you'll be an honorary citizen. This is I'm tr- really. I'm good trying. Work. Yeah, I'm. I'm working on it. It's like learning a new language, except it's the same one. It's like a variant, I guess. Yeah. You'll be ready for when you arrive, and you can stand across circular key with your shrimp on the barbie. Uh, prawn. That's prawn. We say prawn here. Okay. I apologize. <laughs> Oh, it's going to be great. You'll be welcome. You won't want to leave. This is Hemispheric Views, episode 21. We're, um, We're doing something a little different because we don't have an agenda. And so what you're hearing is whatever pops up into our mind. It's like a new age podcasting experiment, one might say. So I have, th- I have yeah. three dots in my note for, for today. So that's a topic. That's a start. Um, I did cheat. I actually thought of a couple of things <laughs> that I wanted to mention. I couldn't, help, I couldn't have a blank sheet of paper. I just couldn't do it. But, right, um, well, let's burn through them all right now so you have nothing left. What are they, Andrew? Go. <laughs> Go. No, Number one. No, point no, one. No, point one. Okay, point one. <laughs> point one. The most important point is, gentlemen, we have more coffees coming through. Yes. No, people are listening and giving money. They are. They are. More coffee. More coffee bought for us. So kind. I want to say a big thank you to John Payne. John Payne, again. These people are not satisfied with buying as a single coffee. They, we are buying, getting coffee bought for us in bulk. John Payne gave us $30. $30. 10, 
10 coffees. You would think that I was being nefarious in some way and made the page only allow the number 10 in there. I joked about that. I didn't actually do it, though. It still defaults to one. So this is something that is being done on purpose. It's amazing. So thank you, John. Um, I hope now after spending <laughs> spending $30, 10 coffees on us, after hearing our last well-produced, you know, itemized, well-planned out podcast, you're not getting this one, which is just like random guff and thinking, what have I invested my money in? I'm wondering why I joined the call. I, I made a giant <laughs> mistake. Thanks, Martin. This was your idea. What am I doing here? Oh, yeah. What's... Martin said, hey, I've got an idea. We always seem to have really good chat after the show. Why don't we just make that the whole show? Yeah, it was my fault. I accept that. Sorry, uh, Mr. CFO. And now we've actually been staring at each other for three hours, just waiting to think of something to say. <laughs> So and look, we've fallen back to my agenda items. <laughs> we actually have no rapport whatsoever. <laughs> well, point two. All right. Okay. Chop, chop. Um, I saw a really cool video just a couple of hours ago. Probably everybody in, on the internet has or will have seen this over the next few days, but it was the um, Mars Perseverance landing. Yes. I'll put the link in the show notes, but it is super cool. And almost amazing that it seems kind of like, oh, yeah, good job. Like. That blows my mind. We watched it live. And think, you are putting something man-made on another planet. Well, not even that, but landing it, getting it there is one thing. You could just shoot something and, like, hit the planet, I guess. Not that that's even easy, but to get the the level of precision and automation required to get something from here to there that you can't interact with while it's doing this it just has to work is monumental and yes to your point it was kind of it was a tweet in today's world and that was it, it like it was it was as if doing the moon landing today would have been you know nasa saying Man on moon, period, spaceman emoji, exclamation point. And then that was it. And it was like, yep, man on the moon. Okay, cool. It yeah. is insane how amazing this achievement is and how seemingly lost in the news. I don't even know if it was even in the news, really. I mean, yes, there's a lot of other stuff going on in the world right now, but it seems like we could kind of take a minute to just say, well done. Holy shit, that is amazing. Maybe you two can clear something up for me here, because it is amazing. I was watching it and thought, this is unbelievable. But for every tweet that contained a video or something, there seemed to be 500 people underneath it saying, fake, 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 or this audio is fake. Was any part of it fake, or were there different versions flying around? Because I had trouble keeping track. I don't know if you've, I don't know if you've noticed... Uh the United States for the last five years, but, um, <laughs> I wasn't sure. I didn't want to jump to conclusions. About there that. are, how do, let's see, how can I, how can I f- phrase this? Um, there are a lot of, uh, people in the world, I guess would be the best way to say that. I was going to go with unenlightened, but yeah. Okay. We can run with. 
yeah un- unenlightened that just that's just who they are they just want everything to be ruined and they all came out of the woodwork <laughs> over the last five years and got empowered and now it's just everything i saw something even yesterday that people are are now apparently uh snow is is a conspiracy theory that snow is not real or something and i'm just like what in the actual is happening in this world i don't i don't understand you know having a little healthy skepticism sure but like give me a break what who are you are they claiming that like at australian ski resorts when you have an off year they get the big snow guns out and pretend that it's fresh powder is that what they're claiming no this is even worse than that that at least you're like yeah people make snow because they don't have enough snow it makes sense sure this is just like another level of of what the hell is what is happening but to your point yes that's just the thing now that i guess we have to deal with and is never going to go away well this is part of what made the mars landing so much so fun or so relieving i guess in that it these projects don't just happen overnight this has been going on for years and i sort of thought they've been working on these good smart intelligent people have been working on this throughout this entire trump era politics just smart people getting on with doing smart things and it kind of gives you some hope for the world it's like yes as much as we hear about all the fruit loops there are some good people (laughs) who are really clever and yeah still doing great things for humanity and through covid too right like we were talking last time about jobs that required being in the same place i can't think i mean this is one of them where you need to have all these people in a room writing crap on a board and challenging each other or else this is not going to work. And they did all that through, I'm sure it delayed the hell out of it. I would imagine. Well, I know it did because you could see in the background, everything said Mars 2020 on all the you know signage and everything, which I, I also was wondering if I'm sure it wasn't an oversight. Obviously, people saw every day that the wall said 2020 and we're well into 2021. But at some point, that had to have been a conscious decision to say, for whatever reason, no, we're leaving it as that, as a kind of reminder that some stuff happened and we still got there. I'm assuming. I don't know that. But in my head, I have to imagine that there was a little bit of that going on. Well, they exhausted their budget and couldn't spend anything on any more signs. That's the second part, which is like no one could even go down to Staples and get a new sign for eight (laughs) bucks. But I like to think it's the positive one. (laughs) I I do hope I do hope the um, the Perseverance rover didn't take along with it a little vial of uh, of coronavirus just just to, you know, to, to really cross cross pollinate our planets. And did did you see the little helicopter too? The little drone thing? How cool is that? That's even better. It's like we've had rovers before. Now there's a little tiny helicopter machine flying around. That's just nuts. It is bonkers. Is that manufactured by DJI? Is there a bit of a American Chinese um, cooperation going on there? I don't. I mean, does anyone else make drones? I think DJI is the only one that makes them now, right? So it has to be. But imagine how much that drone costs. So you have like a like a normal drone from DJI that's like I don't know three, four, five hundred dollars. The I would love to see the the final bill for how much this one 
little helicopter costs from R&D to design to materials. I would bet that's probably like a billion dollar um, uh, little drone that they have there. <laughs> probably has worse quality cameras than the one on the DJI. I have a question about ties, actually, Andrew. You strike me as a person, and I don't mean this in any way uh, as offensive, it's actually impressive. You strike me as someone who enjoys or is more tolerant of wearing a tie. Oh, he loves a tie. He loves a tie. Uh, there's no way. Anybody that's got a left phone pocket is a tie guy. You're a tie guy? Uh, I used to be a... I'm not these days because nobody wears ties anymore unless you're going to court. Um, and I try and stay out of court as much as possible. Um, but no, I was, I was a big tie guy. Like I remember when I was in high school and it was a oh, private school. Um, so it was wear a uniform and part of the uniform was a tie. And I took pleasure in ensuring that my tie was exactly right. And I would keep it exactly right throughout the entire day. Um, even if I was playing sport at lunchtime, I would, at the end of that sport session, fix up the tie where, you know, there was always pride in making sure, making sure it was just at the right point of the uh, length, you know, so it would just hit the belt buckle, just be within that belt buckle range. Yeah, and then I went to work and after uni, and then I went to work proper, and I got to wear a tie every day, and I thought it was sensational. Loved wow. it. Wow. I'm going to go out on a limb here and assume that since you're a left phone person, you would be the person that would have the jacket pocket. You'd keep your phone in there instead of a normal pocket like a like a normal person. You'd be the suit guy where you'd have to open the suit, get it out of the yeah, thing. Yeah, if, if I'm wearing a suit, yeah, there's still a lot of times I will put it in that breast pocket. So, where were the business cards? Where did they go? They go in the breast pocket too, or perhaps in the business shirt chest Ooh, breast pocket. Wow. If, Power if, move. You know, depending on if you think your jacket's going to be coming off, but you still need ready access to the cards because you never want to get caught without a card. Right. Now, suit pants. Suit pants are quite soft. And they can show, you know, items like keys and stuff pretty easily oh, through them. Where did yep. the wallet go? Was the wallet in a front pocket or were you sitting on it and throwing off your spine? No, the wallet would either go in my breast pocket as well, which would maybe be a reconfiguration of the phone situation. Um, you never How much want... stuff were you carrying in the breast pockets? Well, I know. That's the problem, right? So this is where you have to switch to a briefcase slash bag. Oh, God. You had the little gold code things? <laughs> he totally did. I did at one point in my life. I do not lie. I do not kid. Um, what was the code? What was your What was your three digit code? Can't remember. Was it sure just zero zero zero? No, I do know what it was. It was the um, it was the phone number of the pizza delivery shop that I used to work for. Wow. Okay. That works. Were you making pizzas, delivering them? What was happening was, at the pizza I shop? I was in. I was everything in the pizza delivery world. Wow. I could do it. I could do it all. I would, wow. I would make, I would wash dishes, I would deliver. I was would this manage. like a, a chain kind of pizza place or was this a mom and pop kind of lone wolf pizza place? No, it, it was a chain. It was a, it was a good Australian chain that then got bought out by a giant, ginormous chain of can pizza we Can we cause some Australian controversy and say what this wonderful pizza chain was? Sure. I don't think there's any, I think I'm outside of any um you know restraint of trade restrictions on this so i think i can i think i can name them they started off as silvio's pizza and then they transitioned they were sold out and they became domino's Ooh, yeah 
think, yeah. I think I've heard that name. Yeah, um, that, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. They were, they were high quality when I was involved. Since I've left, I've just seen them just go downhill. Just the quality control isn't there anymore. Given that original high quality, were you wearing a tie there too? No, I was wearing it. I was wearing a polo that had a couple of reflective bits on it for safety when you were delivering at night. Were you on a bicycle or a motorbike or in a car? Oh, please be a motorbike. No, no, I can't ride a motorbike. I was in a, I was in a generally my own car, which started off as a Holden Gemini um, and then moved on to a Nissan Bluebird. The aforementioned one. We know what happened one. to the Bluebird. Well, yes, yes. <laughs> the door of the Bluebird. This is pre, this is while it still had four working doors. But was, most of the work was done in the Holden Gemini. That reminds me of over here, we had the Lone Star Steakhouse for a short period of time. Oh, yeah. And they built the them everywhere. The peanuts. They built them everywhere and they built them, like you say, in a very distinctive style. You used to go in there and you could sit there before your meal or around the bar area. It was a family-friendly sort of restaurant. They still run. You can take your kids oh, there. Oh, you eat peanuts and throw them on the floor. Uh-huh. Throw them on the floor. But then that became a work health and safety hazard. You couldn't do it anymore. That's what? it. That doesn't seem- No more peanuts. That doesn't seem unsafe. Well, Natasha and I hadn't seen one for years, and we went to Adelaide in South Australia and saw Lone Star and went, oh my goodness, they still exist. And we went in there and said, we know it's way too late for lunch and way too early for dinner, but do you have the peanuts? And they said, yes. Uh, Do you want some? And we said, yeah, we just want to have some peanuts. They said, well, the policy is you have to buy a drink. And we said, okay, we'll have a drink. And then they gave us a bucket of peanuts and we just sat there having afternoon tea, de-shelling things. It's great. We thought (laughs) they were gone. I hope you didn't throw them on the floor, though. No, no, of course not. I'm way too compliant, as we've discovered. Yes. (laughs) They just walk up and there's just a little thing of shells around his chair. (laughs) They're like, what do you, what do you, oh, you can't do this anymore? Oh, sorry. You can't. (laughs) But do you and the family go, Andrew? To Lone Star? Yeah. No, it's not there anymore. It's long gone. Oh, I thought you said there was one. No, the, no the, the building, because they had that, um, that distinctive oh. building design. So I look at it now and I still see it as a Lone Star, even though it's some re- other random restaurant. Um, but you could, it's very, that very distinctive building. Because you know what I miss? I miss Sizzler. You, you actually you, miss where, it? Where, do you, where, do you, where else do you get cheese toast? At home? <laughs> I've never heard anyone say the, the sentence, I miss Sizzler. I didn't say it was good. I just <laughs> said it was memorable. <laughs> but I remember the last time we went there before it closed in South Sydney, we're on our way to the Opera House for a concert. So get that contrast, right? We're off to the Sydney Opera House for a concert. We stopped by Sizzler for some cheese toast. It was a very memorable evening five <laughs> years ago. Were you we wearing were very a very well dressed. I wasn't, but Andrew would have been had he been there. Would have been black tie for that sort of event. I don't think there's a worse piece of clothing than a tie. I'll just say that now. I think it's it's useless. Fairly obvious. Anyone that remotely knows anything about me knows that I'm very an- anti anti tie. <laughs> I hate ties. Whatever you want to call it. I, I'm so old. Get this right. I was at the uh, local IGA grocery store the other day. Um, I've lived in this region, this area for about 12 years now. So I've been here a long time. And I remember the, the bad old days of that IGA grocery store. It was terrible. New people bought it over the last few years. They've really invested in it. They've, it's great now. Really good stuff. You can actually buy and eat the fruit and veg that they sell, which is a huge step up from what it used to be. 
Wow, that sounds like a pretty pretty low bar for a grocery store. <laughs> it was terrible, but <laughs> no, really that you great. can consume. <laughs> and I am anyway. I am so old that I saw the gentleman owner loading some fruit, and I stopped with my little basket of goods and I said, "Excuse me, um, just want to say thank you for making this a really great IGA." I said, "I've lived here a long time. It used to be terrible. Now it's wonderful. Thank you for all the effort." that you put in and so that confirmed that i'm an old man because i'm just going up and like randomly talking to store owners out of the blue uh, but you should have seen the look of the look of happiness that came over his eyes he was like oh for once i don't have some yeah it's like you're not karen and you're not complaining it's like you want to speak to the manager just because you want to say something nice andrew as different as we are i fear that we've we're essentially the same person. Oh, I will take any excuse to talk to someone in a service situation. I didn't used to be this way. This is a new thing for me, and I'm really enjoying the experience. Oh, you've grown into the role. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I, I used nice. to be a, a complete. I was so shy, and um, um, what's the what's the word they use for when people don't want to talk um, and they stick to themselves? Me. <laughs> what reserved or somewhat introverted? Introvert. Thank you. That's the word I. Was stuck with yes, I was a massive introvert, really shy introvert. So I would never have spoken out of turn. But now I'm all about the, the random chats. Do you find yourself fighting your own will to speak? Like you want to speak, but you go, "No, I shouldn't." I do now. Yeah, I don't know what's happened yep. to me. Yeah, welcome to my world. Although somehow I got there from birth. Poor Natasha. Oh, yeah, but she, she sucked into it now. Like, to, to give you an idea of what I was raised around, my grandfather, who I mentioned before, I remember shopping with him at a grocery shop, as is the Canyon tradition, and we went through, and he would do this stuff all the time. We went through the checkout, and the young woman behind the counter had a name badge on, as is generally the custom, and he turned to her after she had finished packing the bags, the grocery bags, and he said... Just look at your name tag there, love. It's is that Mari or Marie? Because Mari is becoming an increasingly common pronunciation. And she looked at him and went, "It's Marie." Ah, oh, thank you. Have a good day. And we toddled off. That was my <laughs> let. Let's engage about the pronunciation of this person's name. And I used to actually greet people at the checkouts by their name, just to see that moment of shock when they went, "How do you know me?" And then they'd look down at their badge. Clearly, you two didn't have this experience growing up. Wow. There's a lot going on there. I think both of these stories fully explain the two people you are today, for sure. Just the other day, somebody, we had uh, some food delivered and I, they now, because of all this, you know, everything, they just kind of stick it on the porch and run away because, you know, don't get near me. Totally understandable. But I knew they were coming and I heard them and I, you know, they set it down. I let them kind of walk away a bit. I opened the door and said, you know, thanks. Have a good night. And you could just tell that the lady was very caught off guard. She was just kind of like, first of all, what did he say? Is he screaming? It felt like, like, like you could just, you expect that she's expecting someone to open the door and start screaming about their order or something. It was just like, no, just saying thank you. <laughs> and she was very took a while and then was like oh yeah you uh, you you too we and then like left 
<laughs> I, I think I think in America they generally say, "Yeah, thanks. Can I have that compliment in the form of a tip, please?" That already happened, so we're we were good on that. That that was a pre, which is weird too when you do food ordering because you tip before anything even happens. They don't even know they're getting the order yet, but here we are. I actually had a um, delivery experience today. I thought of you, Jason, um, because it was a package delivery from um, Star Trek, who I think is owned by Australia Post, actually. They're a, a logistics company, and they delivered something delivered something at the door today. And he's not, we he's ha- not speaking about the TV show, so we don't need any emails about no. Star Trek versus Star Trek. So yes, just, no, completely just clearing that up thing. now. Go ahead. Good point. Um, and the guy rang the doorbell and we, well, the door was open, just the screen door was closed. So, and I was just inside, I popped out and said, Hey, how you going? Thanks for that. And he said, yep, no worries. I'm just, uh, just leave it here. I've just got to take a photo of it. Um, he's like, oh, it's funny, you know, this one, I don't need you to sign for, but yesterday I delivered that one and you needed to sign for that one. It's like, you just never know what you're going to get. And I was like, oh, cheers. No worries, mate. Have a good day. He's like, yep will do and he toddled off and and it was like and i thought that is a typical australian delivery exchange to me that didn't seem anything out of the ordinary it was totally normal and i just thought how would that go in jason's world would that be totally unusual because all i ever see of deliveries in america is what i see on reddit which is essentially Mm. camera footage from people's doors as delivery guys basically throw a fastball pitch of the package at the door. Whereas this guy was, and, and it's, it's not unusual. Like this is what you would expect in Australia. Guy comes in, places it carefully down, does what he has to do on his little iPhone computer thingy, Bob. And you have a little pleasant exchange. Yeah. Usually here they'll, they'll get a good piece of probably half inch rope. Uh, they'll d- like douse it in kerosene take your package, wrap it around probably like a brick, maybe a cinder block if they're feeling, you know, real good that day. Get a good tight knot on it. Then light said rope on fire from the kerosene and then hug it at your front door. And if it doesn't quite hit hard enough, they'll go pick it up again, take a few steps back, get a good wind up and then huck it again. And then they'll take a photo and then leave. That's pretty much it. And you open the door and compliment them. Mm-hmm. And say, thank you. And, and give them go. money. <laughs> yeah. And then they give you the finger and drive off in their diesel truck. Well, I told you two guys before that our postman or delivery guy dances at the front door to our doorbell. So <laughs> clearly we are worlds apart. This is very strange. We usually but- have pretty good luck. It depends. You'll kind of usually get the same person. I don't know if that's the same there, but usually there's like, you know, that's the that's the FedEx lady or that's the UPS guy or whatever. And at our last house where we used to live, our our UPS guy was the best. He was just the nicest guy. Chat with him, you know, totally fine. And then my first experience when we moved here, we were getting a bunch of crap delivered because we just moved in. So there's always like, oh, we don't have this quick get a delivery. Oh, we don't. But it's usually big things like a big bed thing or a big furniture item or something and i guess fedex is generally how these places ship stuff that's huge and this lady could not hate us anymore she would show up and just be already pissed off 
usually not wearing speaking of uniforms didn't even have her like fedex clothes on and she was just very upset and every time it'd be some huge ass thing and i'd be like oh god yeah thank you you know trying to smooth it over a little bit and just say you know it's fine and at one point you she just got in the truck and looked down at me like are you gonna get this out of the truck and i was like (laughs) i do i mean do you need a hand i i'm i can help you because she's grumbling kicking stuff out of the way like oh, i can't believe they're making me deliver all this stuff by myself and everything and i'm like i'm not fedex first of all i didn't assign you to take all this crap but i don't think technically i'm even legally allowed to help you probably if there's some kind of workplace safety thing that i would have to imagine says a customer cannot get into the fedex truck and lift a heavy box i mean maybe i should have maybe be you know, extra retired now, but she was very mad. And every time at one point she was like, you guys sure order a lot of big stuff. <laughs> I was like, she, had a, she had a go at you. I was like, I'm sorry. I bought things that made you like do your work. I, what do you want me to say to that? Like, sorry, I consumed a good that provided business to FedEx. I don't, if I had my choice, I would have picked UPS because you guys are always late. But you know, it, she was very mad, and there was no smoothing. They also over. wear uniforms. Like she, you know that they're employees. She did not. Most of the time, she never. She was just in like regular clothes. It was very weird. The whole thing was very strange. Maybe she never actually worked there, and she just had like one of those like had like another personality, and she would wake up one day, just hop in the closest FedEx truck and go deliver stuff. I don't know. Could be. Jason, do you, at the Apple stores that you visited across the United States, have you ever come across people in random fits of applause? Because we haven't seen that in Australia. Uh, Like clapping Apple store employees? I mean, on like iPhone day, yeah, that's all happening all the time, for sure. On like a normal day? Well, so store openings, yes. and, And product release days, yes. Other than that, no. How do you feel about the clapping culture? I'm glad I don't have to do it. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't. I don't think I have a, a strong opinion one way or the other. I think uh, they're having fun. So as long as I had my pre-order in on time, I'm clapping too. It sort of reminds me going back to the Lone Star Steakhouse when every 45 minutes or whatever they would do that dance. Love the dance. Yeah, like a birthday dance. The, I don't think the staff love the dance. No, it wasn't even a birthday dance. It was just like the clock strikes the hour. And so here we go. We got to do some boot scooting. The music oh. would get louder. The staff would all line up. They'd do a boot scoot. And then it would be, you know, one minute past the hour and suddenly music get down and everybody back to normal. Like it huh. never happened. It was hourly Cotton Eye Joe. That's yeah. what it was like. Wow. <laughs> and I feel that's what like, the Apple store is like when they do the clapping. It's like... Nobody really wants it. We're just doing it because we kind of have to. And it's cheesy as all get out. And can it please be one minute past the hour so we can stop? I wonder how many people were hired at that place, but they just never mentioned that part, right? Like you're going through the thing and you're like, okay, yep, I got to do the, I'm the the drink person or whatever. Like, yep, I think everything looks good here. You signed on the line. Uh, Your first day is Monday. Okay, cool, cool. Yep, all right. Come in. 
And then they're like, all right, you're ready for the dance, right? We're going to do the dance now. And they're just like frozen with fear. Like, what are you talking about dance? And then it happens and they go, wow, glad we got that out of the way. Oh, by the way, that'll be eight times during your shift. Like, oh, shit. (laughs) What have I signed up for? I did not know that this was going to be a thing. Uh, I'm I'm personally more confused by Australians who willingly work at Outback Steakhouse. That's a good question. So those... Clearly, uh, they must exist there, I would imagine, right? They, they keep coming and then going out of business around these parts. I find it a bizarre business proposition that Australians would even buy. I, I, I don't understand. It's so strange that... I don't know the backstory of Outback Steakhouse, so I don't even know if, if it started there or if it was just like a stupid thing that happened in maybe the US and somebody just co-opted out back as a catchy thing. But yeah, that does seem really bizarre that those would even a exist in Australia because who living in Australia is going to eat there. I would think probably not very many people. So then you're banking on people visiting and tourists to eat there, but who the hell wants to eat there anyway? I've just offended all six of our Outback Steakhouse uh, listeners, but that does seem very weird. It, it 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 feels like it's akin to us having like a, I don't know, you know, shitty American food restaurant here. And it's like, oh, I'm going to go down to the, to the crappy American food restaurant. It's like, wh- what's the name of the restaurant? No, that's the name of it. That's what it's called. Oh, okay. It, that is very weird. Yeah. Outback Steakhouse. Mm-mm. But they do have the, the, that onion thing. The Bloomin' Onion. No one has ever said that seriously in this country. No, and I, I don't remember if it's that one or the other one, because there's there's the Bloomin' Onion, and then there's the... Oh, what's the other one called? There's another restaurant that has an onion that's similar to the Bloomin' Onion, but they call it something else. Someone might call it a Bloody Onion, but no one's going to buy that. <laughs> that's just the Bloomin' Onion with hot sauce on it. So you guys are not big Outback steak fa- Steakhouse fans, uh, clearly? I just, I just don't understand why people would go to eat somewhere that looks vaguely like a stereotypical outback poster somewhere in a regional coastal city or capital city that doesn't even look like that and then order something called Alice Springs chicken. I just don't. No. It doesn't make any sense. Did you try throwing peanuts on the floor? Maybe that would heighten the experience. It'd certainly drip someone over. That could improve it. I don't know. <laughs> Wait, outback. No, outback. Outback is fine. What's down under? Nobody says that, right? No. no okay. Never. No. Couldn't remember if it was Not Outback seriously. or down under. You don't come here and say, hey, I'm down under. You're like, I don't, I don't understand what I'm down under. What am I under? I don't. Yourself, where you were. I guess so. You're under yourself. So, yeah, that, that's why we don't say it, because we didn't come up with it, at least as far as I know. Like, we're down under ourselves. That's a bit weird. Yeah. Uh, no. Okay. So no on that and no on Outback Steakhouse. That's right. But the word Outback is fine. It's not something that I personally use a lot, but it is a thing you can say in the Outback. Just no one eats onions out there. You'd more likely just say, I'm going bush. Yeah, going bush. You can say that. I like that. Going to the country. No, I like going bush. That's better. You don't have to settle with one. There are options. Well, speaking of things you can buy, I believe Hemispheric Views has a store. Yes, we have ties. We have suits and uniforms. And we, so no, we don't. We actually have three things. We have stickers. 
We still have stickers available. Supply is dwindling, but they're still available. An excellent artwork one, which you may have seen online, people posting photos of that. We have the circular sticker still available. I'm, I'm turning sideways to check my stock because I have stock within view. We also might have t-shirts soon, potentially, which uh, are the two street signs that you may have seen on hemisphericviews.com. And then we also have full four foot by six foot flags of the felled foot available for pre-order. <laughs> Don't make promises you can't keep or the foot will come down. Oh, I'll keep that promise. If somebody wants to order that, I will, I will make it happen. Tell you what, my sister loved that. Apparently everyone related to it who she knows. But look, for listeners who are kindly buying stuff, whether it's uh, a genuine sticker, a lovely shirt, or a make-believe, or perhaps very soon-to-be-realized flag of me oppressing everyone I care about, um, where are you going to put it? You're going to put it in the public Discord, at Hemispheric V, on Twitter, micro.blog, don't forget to show it off. That's important. That's a condition, right? Am I enforcing that as the felt? I think so, yeah. You must do this. Yeah. At the very least, you should walk into any store slash establishment, bother someone that's working there to show them and have a conversation about it. I want I want a t-shirt and a flag. <laughs> I just want the flag so I can burn it. But, you know, I want the t-shirt to keep and wear. 